week one, we've talked about uh, what it is to live boldly. And, and we, we addressed the fact that, uh, that through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowered this group of people, these men and women, with a boldness to preach the gospel, with a boldness to tell the world about Jesus. And it takes a special type of boldness to preach the gospel. It takes a special type of boldness to tell the world about Jesus. It's not a, a, a natural boldness that we have, but it is a supernatural boldness that only comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we continued on that journey. Week two, we talked about what it is to pray bold prayers. And then last week, we talked about what it means to speak bold, to speak bold, that the Holy Spirit empowers us to, to speak bold. Well, today in closing, I'm going to talk, continue on this, this in the same vein of boldness. And I want to talk about the subject of bold obedience, bold obedience, to obey boldly, to obey God boldly. Much of what we've seen in the early church with these men and women empowered by the Holy Spirit, though they were empowered with a boldness uh, that only came into fruition out of their boldness or their obedience to walk out what God had instructed them to do. If you recall, we talked about the Great Commission where Jesus said, go into all the world and preach and proclaim the gospel. He said, go into all the world and tell everybody about me. Tell everybody about all that I've done for them. Go into all the world and let them know about Jesus. That is the assignment. That is the command. Well, these men and women empowered by the Holy Spirit had to step out in obedience to what was commanded to them, to obey God. And so they did that, and we, we, we covered over the last few weeks where Peter and John were preaching the gospel, and, and, and 5,000 people came to faith in Jesus. But it was out of that boldness in preaching the gospel that they got arrested, and then they were released. And upon their release, uh, they prayed for more boldness. They prayed for more boldness to continue preaching and sharing Jesus with the world. And we read in Acts chapter 5 where, where the numbers still began to grow. Many people were coming to faith in Jesus. In fact, there were a lot of miracles and signs and wonders that were happening. And, and, and the Bible tells about even, even people were bringing their sick uh, loved ones and sick family members and friends uh, to, where, to where Peter and John and the rest of the early church was. And, and the Bible says that even they would bring it, they would bring them so close that even the shadow of Peter, Peter would be used in the healing of the sick. Like, that's the type of supernatural stuff that was going on at this time. And so the numbers grew. Many people came to faith in Jesus, all because of a supernatural boldness that they had and because they stepped out in obedience to do what God had commanded them to do. Well, Acts chapter 5, verse 17 is where we're going to hang out today in continuing and in conclusion of this series. In Acts chapter 5, verse 17, remember, the, the numbers are continuing to grow. People are getting healed. Miracles are happening. The church is growing. 
But as you recall in week one, week two, we talked about the religious leaders that had a problem with these men and women talking about Jesus. And in verse 17, let's read here together, if you will. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screen. Acts chapter 5, verse 17 says, Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. Stop right there. So now we, we see right out the gate they're having a problem with them talking about Jesus. Because they were jealous, because these religious leaders, they, they wanted to be seen as the spiritually elite. If anybody had any questions about spirituality, they wanted to be the ones that they go to. They wanted to be the ones to be seen as, as the top tier of spirituality. They wanted that top spot. They wanted them to be revered as the most spiritual men they've ever met. But now we see these apostles, Peter and John, talking about Jesus and that there's nobody like Jesus and Jesus is the savior of the world. And, and it was in the name of Jesus that these miracles and signs and wonders are happening. So it's no wonder that these religious leaders are now having a problem. And so it says that they were filled with jealousy and they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. And so just in these few verses, I believe there are three things about bold obedience that we can see. Three things about bold obedience that we can learn from in the rest of our time together. And so if you're going to be one that's going to walk in bold obedience. These are three things that bold obedience brings about. Number one is this. Write this down if you're taking notes. Bold obedience usually triggers opposition. Bold obedience triggers opposition. It triggers opposition. We see here they were these religious leaders were jealous and they had them arrested and put in a public jail. Now, here's what's interesting. This is the second time they've been thrown in jail. This is the second time. First time they preached the gospel. They arrested them, brought them in for questioning. Then released them. Peter and John prayed for more boldness to continue preaching the gospel. Now we see here again, they are arrested a second time. Now, in the natural sense, that, that doesn't really seem right because here we see they're only doing what God had commanded them to do. Peter and John are only doing what God instructed them to do. And now they're being put in jail again for a second time. And in the natural sense, you may look at that and say, well, if they're doing everything that God had commanded them to do, then, then, then why are they being put in jail? Why are they going through what they are going through? And it's the same way many of us think when it comes to obeying God. God, I'm, I'm doing everything that you've asked me to do. I'm doing all the right things. I'm, I'm coming to church faithfully. I'm giving faithfully. I'm serving. I'm doing everything right, everything you laid out for me to do. Why am I still feeling the trouble? Why am I still sensing the opposition that I'm feeling or facing? 
If I'm obeying you, why is there still trouble? But see, bold obedience usually triggers opposition. In other words, what we see in Scripture is, is, is really what we don't see in Scripture is where God never promised us that we would not face trouble for obeying him. God never promised that there wouldn't be any trouble for living for him. In fact, Jesus himself, John 16, he tells us, in this world you will have trouble. There will be trouble. There will be trials. There may be some dark seasons. But take heart. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. I have overcome the world. In other words, what Jesus says is, yeah, the world, you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. In other words, the trouble in your life will not be the last word for you. I have the last word for you. But there will be trouble. And when you choose to obey God, you best believe there will be some opposition. You best believe there will be some people who do not like the decisions that you've made to obey God. And let me just kind of throw this out there to you that, that I hope you grasp and I hope you understand today. But the reality for us, the reality for us is this, this truth. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience, then you're not ready to be used by God. Because, see, God will instruct us or command us or ask us to do some things that might bring trouble upon our lives, that might bring some discomfort into our lives. We'll face opposition for being bold. We'll face opposition for obeying God. And that opposition comes in different forms. A lot of times, you yourself are your biggest opposition for obeying God. Because see, naturally, this flesh, this flesh that we live in, does, wants to do everything opposite of obeying God. I remember standing in line at a department store one time, and there was a, a mother with her a little girl that was in front of me, and this little girl wanted something. She, she, she wanted a toy or she wanted candy. I don't remember what it was exactly, and the mother kept on telling her, no, go put it back. And the little girl fought back with her and said, no, I want this. And she said, no, go put it back. No. And she was gripping that thing so tight. And the mom finally got fed up. And so she reached for this item that she had. And the little girl yanked it away and took off running. And so this mom had to get out of line to go chase this little girl. And I remember everybody's kind of looking at her. And sometimes, you know, let's be honest, sometimes it's a parent to another. Sometimes you judge other parents, right? Like, man, if that had been my kid. But let's just be really honest. The reality is we are more so in the way that we live our lives. We're more so like the little girl. In the sense that our flesh, our, our, our natural living, our natural flesh, this, this carnal flesh that we, that we live in, ultimately wants to disobey God. 
And like the little girl, we want to take what we want and take off running. See, what you'll discover is that you yourself are your worst opposition to obeying God. You're the worst opposition to obeying God. You will try to talk yourself out of obeying God. See, there are some of you here where God has, you know what God has commanded or instructed you to do. You know God has laid out some, some, some things for you to do, and you know it's the right thing to do, but your flesh, you're talking yourself out of obeying God. I don't know if I really want to do that. And a lot of times what you discover about yourself being the opposition, a lot of times there's a lot of spiritual opposition. A lot of times there's a lot of fear or even doubt when it comes to obeying God. But you yourself can be your worst opposition to obeying his commands. And then there's also, of course, other people who can be some bad opposition for you obeying God. There are people in your life that don't understand why you obey God the way that you do. There are people in your life that will not understand why you put such a high priority and value on serving and living for God. And many of them will be bad opposition for you. Many of them just won't understand why you choose to live for God the way that you do. But best believe that bold obedience will always trigger opposition. And if you're not ready to get uncomfortable, if you're not ready to face some trouble and to face some opposition, then you're really not ready to be used by God. Because it always triggers opposition. I love what Dr. Tony Evans says, this incredible statement he says. He says, suffering for Jesus is far better than being at ease without him. Suffering for Jesus is far better than being at ease without him. See, a lot of us, we want the comfortable life. We don't want opposition. We don't want to be facing resistance. And so if you don't want opposition and you don't want resistance, then disobey God. Because your life will be a lot more comfortable if you just outright choose not to live for or obey God. But bold obedience will usually trigger opposition. And so they had them arrested out of their jealousy. But then we continue reading in verse 19. It says, but during the night... An angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Brought them out. So not only does bold obedience trigger opposition, but in that bold obedience can also release God's favor. Bold obedience can also release God's favor favor. If you desire the favor of God on your life, and I would say that everybody in here desires that from God, then walk in obedience to him. Bold obedience can release God's favor. But during the night, an angel of the Lord came. They're locked up in jail again for a second time. 
And this supernatural event occurs. An angel shows up. An angel shows up and opens the cell doors. Opens it up from supernaturally. I love how the writer of Acts really doesn't make this seem like a big deal or anything. He's just kind of like, yeah, an angel of the Lord showed up, opened the doors of jail and brought them out. Kind of like nothing. Doesn't mean it wasn't amazing. But really what it means is that he wasn't surprised. Because see, when you're walking in obedience to God, you're not surprised by his miracles. You're amazed by him, but you're not surprised by him. Why? You're not surprised by God's favor. Why? Because that's what God does. And so when you walk in the obedience of God, when you obey God, don't be surprised when you see his favor on your life. Yeah, you'll see, you'll see opposition. Yeah, you may face trouble. But even in the midst of opposition and trouble, you can still experience the favor of God. I love what Pastor Sonny calls it. Step into the fog. The favor of God. But if you want to experience God's favor, obey him. Walk in obedience to him. Walk in obedience to him and you'll receive, experience God's favor. There are decisions that we've made even in our own life where for some folks it didn't really make sense. I mean, even coming here to this house and to this church and pastoring here, for some folks it didn't quite make sense because I had a really great job that paid very, very well, great benefits, a lot of security, a lot of things that we needed and desired and really loved as a family. But we knew that coming here, I would have to leave all that. I would leave all that, but we knew and we sensed like, God, this is something we know you want us to do. And so in obedience to you, we're going to step out and do this, though some folks may not understand it. Financial experts will probably say, no, what are you doing? Why are you leaving the job? Why are you leaving those benefits? Why are you leaving all that security? And so we chose to obey and to step in God's obedience. And let me just tell you something, that even in the midst of opposition and even in the midst of trouble, we have seen nothing but God's favor on our lives. Why? Solely because we chose to obey. We chose to obey. And it's the same for you. What is it that God is desiring for you to do? What is it that God is desiring for you to step out in? What obedient act is he, is he requiring of you to do? And maybe you're afraid of the opposition. Maybe you're afraid of the resistance. You're afraid of the discomfort. But let me tell you, when you walk in the bold obedience of God, you will experience the favor of God. He's got you. Just obey. Just obey. And the angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. And then you continue reading in verse 20. It says, go, 
Stand in the temple courts, he said, talking about the angel of the Lord, and tell the people all about this new life. Well, wait a second. You're commanding us to do something that God has put in jail in the first place. Like, that's the reason why we're in here. You opened the door of the jail cell for us, and now you're telling us to do something that's going to get us wound back right back where we started. But he said, go, stand in the temple courts and tell the people all about this new life. What does that mean? Bold obedience can trigger opposition. Bold obedience can release God's favor. But number three, write this down. Bold obedience always requires faith. It always requires faith. The angel of the Lord didn't give them details. He just said, go stand in the middle of the courts and tell the people about this new life. Go stand in the middle of the courts and continue telling people about Jesus. He didn't say, go stand out there, man. I've got you. You're not going to be thrown back in jail again. You're going to be good. He didn't say any of that. He said, go. And so they went. Why? Because they stood in faith. They obeyed God in faith. And so for many of you to step out and walk in the obedience of God, it's going to require faith. You're going to have to trust him that he's got you. You're going to have to trust him that he's going to provide for you. What is it that God has required of you to do that you are not doing yet? What is it? What step of bold obedience do you need to start walking in that you haven't done yet? Because see, here's the thing. Verse 21, it says, at daybreak, they entered the temple court. So they went. They went based off the command. Go into the temple courts and tell the world about this new life. Verse 21, at daybreak, they entered the temple courts. And as they had been told and began to teach the people, they immediately obeyed. So what does that mean for us? Again, what is God asking of you? What is God requiring of you? What bold, obedient step do you need to take today that you haven't taken yet? And let me just kind of throw this out there to you. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. For some of you, God has commanded you or told you to step out in obedience. He told you to step out and do something. He said, yeah, I know that's the right thing for me to do, but you know what? I don't think it's the right time. I'm just not quite ready for that yet. Well, delayed obedience is still disobedience. I would even take it a step further. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Well, maybe I'll just do a little of what God asked me to do. I'll do like 90% of what God asked me to do. I'm moving this just, just enough. It's the same whenever you parents tell your kids to do something, right? Say, hey, I need you to go clean your room. Okay. 30 minutes later, room still not even touched or clean. 
as a parent, how do you feel about that? I said I need you to go clean your room. Okay, I will in a second. An hour later goes by. Still no room clean, not even touched. And then you, 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 you kind of you kind of strong arm them a little bit, right? Like, look, I'm not going to tell you again. Go clean your room. Well, now you put some thunder in your voice, right? So now they're, they're starting to move a little bit. Well, now they go and they start cleaning their room. But let me just tell you, the fact that they sat there and didn't do anything, that's a form of disobedience. But then they go to their room and they just kind of pick up a little bit and then they go right back to what they're doing. And you go check on the room and it's like, man, they just picked up a few things. Well, I did some of it. No, I said they cleaned your whole room. So even partially of what they did is still disobedience. And it's the same for us when it comes to obeying God. Delayed obedience, partial obedience is still disobedience. And if you want to experience the favor of God on your life, then obey God. What is God requiring of you? What is he required of you to do five years ago, 10 years ago that you still have not done? Because he's stepping out in obedience requires faith. It requires you just trusting God. God, I don't quite understand why I need to do this. Because if I do this, I'm going to face opposition. If I do this, I'm going to face resistance. If I do this, I might experience trouble. God, why would you even put me in that position? God doesn't give us the details. We're just required to obey. And so they stepped out, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. Well, what was the result of all of that? What was the result of their obedience? Acts chapter 5, verse 41. Go down to verse 41. It says, And the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. They continued to walk in obedience, even facing the opposition. But see, here's what's so cool about that. Had they not do, done that, had they not walked in that obedience, we wouldn't have the church the way that we do today. It was out of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and walking in the obedience of God that we are where we are today. Let me even make it more personal for you. You heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus, because of somebody else's obedience. Think about that. You heard about Jesus because somebody else obeyed God. What would have happened if they chose not to obey God that day? 
What would have happened if they chose not to broadcast themselves on TV sharing the gospel? And they say, no, I know God wants me to do that, but I don't really want to do that. It's going to cost too much money. I'm going to face opposition. It's going to bring up too much trouble. No, some people stepped out in obedience to God and got on TV and began to share the gospel of Jesus. And one day you just happened to be flipping the channel, happened to be sitting down and you heard them preach about Jesus. Or maybe somebody walked up to you in a public place. Maybe somebody stopped you at a restaurant or somebody caught you on the street and say, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Can I tell you about Jesus? My friend, that was an act of obedience. Because let me tell you something. Sometimes it's scary talking to people about Jesus, especially people you don't know. What if they reject me? What if they say no? What if they think I'm crazy? What if they think I'm awkward? What if they think I'm weird? And let me be honest with you. There have been times in my life where I know God was requiring me to go speak to somebody about him. And I became my worst opposition. And I didn't obey. you heard about Jesus because of somebody else's obedience. Somebody else didn't delay. Somebody else didn't partially obey. Somebody stepped out in what God had required of them. And they shared Jesus with you. I'm grateful for that person in my life that walked in bold obedience to share Jesus with me. I pray you're grateful for that person that stepped out in bold obedience to share Jesus with you. But bold obedience requires faith. What is God requiring of you that you haven't done yet? What is he requiring of you? Only you know what that is. I don't need to tell you what it is. Only you know what God has asked of you. But the question is, are you willing to step out and obey and experience the favor of God in your life? Let's stand to our feet. If you're here this morning, and you can just be honest with God, be honest with yourself. But if there are things in your life that you know you haven't been obeying God on, if there are things in your life that you've been delaying on, if there are things in your life that you've only done partially, then we need to take this moment to ask for forgiveness. And we need to take this moment to say, yes, God, I will obey. Yes, God, I will step out and do what you've required of me. Please don't get it misunderstood. We don't obey God to earn God his love. We don't obey God to get him to love us more. We obey God because we do love him. We obey him because we do love him. We obey him 
because we trust him. We obey him as we sang earlier because he is good. He is good and he'll always be good. when you walk in his obedience, you'll experience his favor. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we come before you today. First off, God, we ask for forgiveness. Lord, if we've been walking in disobedience. God, I ask for forgiveness right now for myself, God, if I haven't done things that you have required of me. Out of fear of opposition, fear of doubt, fear of of trouble, fear of of discomfort. God, forgive me for walking in disobedience. Forgive me for being delayed in my obedience. Forgive me for only giving partial obedience. Lord, I want to give you my 100% obedience. And Lord, we pray, uh, continue to pray for the boldness to walk in obedience. We continue to pray for the boldness to represent you well, to represent who you are to this world. And Father, right now, I thank you for that man or woman that stepped out in obedience and shared Jesus with me. Just begin to thank him for the first time you heard the gospel. Begin to thank him for that one person, whether it was on TV, whether it was on the radio, whether it was in person. Just thank God for that person stepping out in obedience and sharing the good news of Jesus with me. And because of that, we've experienced salvation. We thank you for that man or that woman who stepped out in bold obedience. And God, may we be men and women who step out in bold obedience to share this good, glorious message of the gospel to a lost and dying world. Father, we thank you for your grace. I thank you for your patience with me. I thank you that you are kind to me and that right now at this moment is brand new. And I choose to walk in obedience to you in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. How many of you are grateful for the grace of God? Man, I am so grateful for the grace of God. And today's a new moment. It's a new day for you to walk in his obedience, to walk in his favor. And I trust that throughout this week, you'll, be, you'll obey God. I trust that throughout this week, when God gives you something to do, you'll do it. You'll walk it out, not partially, not delayed, but in full 100% obedience. Amen? Amen? All right, well, God bless you. I love you. We'll see you Wednesday, students. We'll see you next Sunday. Arise Online family, we love you. Have a wonderful week. So